Hey guys, we have a new podcast season coming out in just a couple of weeks, but until then, I wanted to give you something special for this Christmas season. Uh, this is Hymn Workout number 13. If you are not at all familiar with hymn workouts, basically what it is is a, a guided meditation through the lyrics or the words from a classic Christian hymn. Uh, earlier this year, we actually released a book with a hundred hymn workouts. It's a hundred spiritual exercises that are there to help men learn how to reflect on glorious truths of God as presented through some of these classic Christian hymns. And actually, if you've been following along on our YouTube channel, you'll see that we've been releasing about once a week a hymn workout video. And this is just Joe that uh, they're guiding you through some of the lyrics of these hymns and choosing one hymn uh, a week and and walking you through line by line and uh, kind of coaching you how to reflect on it, how to use it as something that prompts you towards prayer and praise for the rest of the day. So what I've done here is I've just taken the audio from from one of the videos we released earlier this year and um, wanted to put it here in the podcast, mainly because it's a, it's a hymn that I know you're familiar with and I know that you either are already singing uh, this week or will be singing later this week uh, during this Christmas season. It's a, a famous Christian uh, Christmas hymn um, that perhaps you haven't ever really thought about what it means or the significance behind it. And I think it will be a great prompt for you to uh, to reflect on the meaning behind the incarnation. So I hope this uh, proves to be a powerful spiritual exercise for you. Uh, so yeah, just uh, listen along as Joe kind of guides you through this hymn. I will put in the show notes the uh, lyrics if you'd like to download that and follow along. I'll also leave a link to the video in case you want to watch the video, but y'all enjoy this. Let's start with a ridiculous thought. I want you to imagine this with me. Uh, You would never do this. I'm sure that this would not happen to you. But let's just imagine somebody that goes and they either purchase a book on exercising or they go to the library and check one out. And uh, this is a book, it's about cardiovascular exercising. It's about different workouts that you can do to increase your stamina and strengthen your heart. And let's just say that this person, they take that book and they sit down in their easy chair and they read it and they read it cover to cover. And uh, they put it down and they never actually get up and do any exercise themselves. Now that's a crazy thought, but that's a pretty accurate picture of what we do with our Bibles and what we do with our devotionals. And uh, what I want to remind you of is the the fact that these hymn workouts, they're not meant to be a passive exercise. It might sound strange to you, but the hymns that we're looking at, they're a lot like a workout. And what they are doing is calling us not just to casually read their words, but to fully engage ourselves. These are like scripts of devotion. And uh, if you will actually fully engage with these hymns, you're going to find yourself not just sitting on a chair, but you're going to find yourself on your knees. Uh, you're going to find yourself flipping through your Bible. Uh, you're going to find yourself imagining things that you can do to serve the Lord. These are transformative. But again, it requires engaging them, not just reading them. Now, before we get to this next hymn, let me ask you a question. Uh, what is the most miraculous of the miracles uh, that God has performed? Uh, you could probably think about several really amazing things that God has done through human history. But C.S. Lewis talked about the most amazing of miracles being the Incarnation. Because in the Incarnation, something happens that is almost inconceivable. I mean, how could the eternal God find something that could accurately express His identity, who He is? How could He take the form of something 
And yet he did. He becomes a man. The Son of God becomes a man, Jesus. And that is God, the ineffable God, revealed in a person. Now, let me ask you another question. When's the last time that you've really meditated on the marvel of the incarnation? God taking flesh. If you've not done that for a while, then you need this hymn. Because something that amazing, it can't be something that we only think about at Christmas. It's got to be something that stirs our heart and devotion throughout the year. Now, we're about to enter into a hymn, and you know this hymn well, and that's a danger. That's not a good thing. Because where there's familiarity, there's often contempt. And so you're going to have to look at this hymn with a new set of eyes. And if you do that, again, it's going to stir your heart. Uh, I can guarantee that. This is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Now, let me just coach you through this first stanza. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Now, I want to pull out that first word because that first word is actually, it's a summons. It says hark. And I know we don't use that word hark very often in modern English, but what it means is listen. And the next two words are really important because it says hark the herald. So what this hymn is actually doing is it's telling a herald, somebody who's meant to communicate a message, to listen up. And what that herald is meant to hear is that the angels are singing. And so this picture, what it's doing is it's taking that image from the New Testament when the shepherds heard the angelic choirs, but it's not speaking to the shepherds, it's speaking to you. And what it's telling you is that you need to listen to what these angels are singing And if you go down, if you keep going through that first stanza, it says, with the angelic host proclaim. Now, do you see what this hymn is doing? This is not about passive reading. This is about you being summoned to listen to news that was so stupendous that the angels were singing it. You're supposed to listen to what they're singing. You're meant to go proclaim that to this world. Now, that leads to the second stanza. And what the second stanza of this hymn really tells us is what we're meant to proclaim. And guys, this is the mystery. This is the marvel. This is where you just need to sit and meditate for a while. Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to appear, Christ our Emmanuel here. If you can't find food for meditation in this stanza, I'll be honest, something's not right in your heart. Christ, the one who's adored by the highest of heaven, if the angels find reason to adore him, cannot we as well? Christ, the everlasting Lord, coming to serve us, entering into history through a virgin's womb, uh, that's a miracle, isn't it? And then veiled in flesh the Godhead see. This is the attitude as we read through the Gospels, every page we should remember that as we look at the person of Jesus, what we are actually seeing is the incarnate deity. And that's why every word he says is perfect. Every action couldn't be performed better. Because this is our Emmanuel. This is God dwelling with us. That's a stanza. You take that stanza, you just chew on it for a whole day. See what happens.
Now the third stanza, again, it's interesting because again, it's not just meant to touch our mind, it's meant to touch our will. It starts out, hail. Now that word hail, like hark, is not a word that we use. What it really is, is it's a call to acclamation. Again, acclamation is not a word we use. <laughs> You've got to realize that uh, this is something that's telling us that we are meant to enthusiastically approve what is being declared. So this is not just about passively accepting something. We're meant to cry out, yes, this is true. Hail, the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail, the Son of Righteousness. As you go through this third stanza, you have to ask yourself, is your heart crying out in approval that yes, this is true. Yes, this is amazing. Yes, this is good. And what I would challenge you to do with this third stanza is actually every single line is a reference to Scripture. So the first line, Prince of Priest, uh, Prince of Peace, that's Isaiah 6 or 9 uh, verse 6. Second stanza, Son of Righteousness, that's Malachi 4 too. You can go line by line and really what this hymn is doing is weaving a tapestry of Old Testament text together so that you can recognize who this is as Jesus is born. Last stanza. Again, it starts with a command, or not a command, it starts really with a prayer, but it starts with something that's meant to touch our heart and uh, meant to inspire us to do something. This last stanza, it's a prayer. So now that, again, we've listened, uh, we're proclaiming, we're hailing, now we're praying, come, desire of nations come. Fix in us thy humble home. The pictures don't just come and dwell in this world, come dwell in our hearts. Rise, the woman's conquering seed bruise in us the serpent's head. That's a call, Jesus, stamp out the remnant of sin in my heart. Adam's likeness now efface, stamp thine image in its place. I want to be like you. I want to bear your image in this world just as you bore the image of the Father. Second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. Okay, can you see it? that this is actually a workout. You gotta listen because you're meant to proclaim something. You've gotta hail truth, not just believe that it's true, but actually get to the place where your heart acclaims and cries out, yes, this is the glorious truth of the gospel. And then the real test is whether this hymn leads you to this place of prayer. So now you're looking to your heavenly king and you're asking him to come to fix, to rise, to bruise, to stamp his image, to reinstate you in his love. And friends, it's only if you've gone through these motions that you've really appreciated what this hymn wants to do with us. So take it. Don't treat it just like a workbook. Treat it like a workout. Go through it. Let your imagination run freely through the scriptures that it weaves together. And let your heart reach that place of acclaiming the good news that Jesus is King.